Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So we're uh, we've we've been talking about our our our, um, our vision statement, um, and uh, you know if you can memorize this, it's six words. And uh, I'll, if you come and recite it at any point, I've got a I've got a jar of lollies that I reserve for the children in my office. Um, uh, but I'll give you a, a lolly. I'll give you a lolly if you can recite this back to me. But basically, this is the vision. It's 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 six six words: know God, love people, live purpose. That's 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 what we want to do. We want to we want people to know God. We want to know God, and uh, we want we want to love people like Jesus loved people. We want to be like that. And we want people to find their purpose as we find our purpose. Who knows that um, these, these, these few things, as little as all those words are, are actually pretty huge things that will change your life. Last week, uh, we spoke on uh, the, the, the first two words, love to love God. And we spoke about um, a guy called Saul who was on his way to a place and, and God just completely interrupted him. And uh, the, the, thing, the thing to note about Saul in the book of Acts is that he was not in the right place at the right time. Um, he, he was not doing the right thing. He, wasn't, he didn't do anything to deserve God to show up in his world and transform everything. He, in fact, was on his way to commit murder after already being a murderer of other people. He was actually going around killing people who believed in Jesus. He was wiping them out because that was the only way that they could control the love of Jesus that was spreading at that time. And uh, he, was, he was their executor. And, and, and Jesus just comes in and interrupts him. And the point is this, is that when God comes and visits us, when he comes and interrupts us, it's usually uh, in, a, in a moment where we don't expect him to, uh, to show up. So often people are trying to get themselves into the right place for God to look at them or for God to have favor on them. But the fact is, is there is no right place that we can have. It's only through the cross, right? It's only through what Jesus did that allows us to have that right place to stand before God. So, so when, when God shows up, sometimes we miss it. You know, we, because we're, we're stuck in our beliefs or we're stuck in our traditions or we're stuck in different things that, that hold us back. And God himself could be standing in front of you and you'd never know it, you know, because you're like, no, this is not the right time. I'm not doing all of the things I need to do in order for God to love me when he already does and he already has and he's already done everything for you. So our hope, our first hope is that for, for every Sunday, we, we, we have all these volunteers who do an incredible job to put this together. And we, we, uh, we, we've, we rent this room and uh, we, we pay a lot of money for it. And we have the lights and we have the ACs and we have everything. All of this is so that some people can come to know Jesus. That's really what we're here for. We just want some people to know Jesus. Because, because not because, because we're like better. It's not about that. It's because Jesus is incredible. And, and, if, and if some people can have what I've had in him, I'm, I, I, will, I will go to the grave a, a happy man. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he's everything. I don't know where my life would be personally without Jesus. I don't know who I would have turned into 
or what kind of guy I would have been had it not been for Jesus. And he just, he meets me at every moment now. When, whenever I call out on his name, he's always there and he wants to be there for each one of us, right? Who believes that? Huh? Why don't you look at the person next to you and say, he's there for you. He's there for you. And for those of you who are like, I hate it when the preacher does that. I'm sorry, but you're all just staring at me. <laughs> he's there for me. Who's having trouble with their nose? I'm having trouble with my nose this morning. I'm pretty sure it's the pollution. God, we pray that this city, the pollution just clears out in Jesus' name. But uh, if I randomly sneeze, I apologize. Last week, it was a random spider crawled across the floor and I uh, may have, you know, done something I shouldn't have done. But uh, now it's my nose. So uh, I'm just very aware these days of my, my onstage antics. Anyway, God is good. And he is the awesome one, not me. I'm just Ryan. Oh, thank you, Gaurav. So are you, my friend. Let's have a mutual admiration session. <laughs> Praise God. So today we're going to talk about love people. I want you to turn your Bible to um, Matthew 22, Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39. I'm going to give you the why we have this in our vision statement. The why do why do why do we love people? Because this statement is uh, just just if you really think about it, to love people is not easy. <laughs> right? So when we start talking about this, it, it can almost be like, oh, why even put that there? Can't we just, like, uh, we, 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 we can know God, live our purpose, and forget about the world. <laughs> Amen. Right? Let's just go and do that. That would just be so much easier. And I reckon my church would probably grow faster if I preached that. But, but this whole love people, uh, we have to put it in there because it's actually central to what Jesus taught. It's actually central to the whole Bible. The whole Bible is about this. It's just incredible. Um, and so this is what Jesus said about love. Um, it's in, in verse 22, in verse 37 of chapter 22. It says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all, with all your soul and with all your mind. Yes, God, I've got that down. I can do that. I love you, Jesus, so much. I give you my life. And then it's the, the clencher. And then he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. Oh, that's the first one. What's the next one? I've got it, God. And the second one is like it. In other words, the second one is as important. Okay? Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, man. All the law... And the prophets hang on these two commandments. Two commandments. They are as important as each other. Okay? Everything hangs off these two commandments. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you. Oh, is that what meaning? Like it's a cup of tea for me? For my nose? Oh, man, you're just so... I don't know what to do. I'm going to have a sip. What tea is this? Hmm. Tulsi ginger lemon. I feel better already. I'm just going to have one more sip. I won't be able to... If I, people didn't come to watch me uh, drink tea, although I can if you want me to. I'm just going to sniff it. Mm, that's good. Thank you. I might have a sip of that later. Praise God. So this, this, these two things, love, love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, um, you know... I, I, you hear people say funny things like, I hate myself. Um, 
you know, and I, you know, I, there's not many people that really truly actually hate themselves. You might think you hate yourself, but you wouldn't get dressed and put makeup on in the morning. Not that I put makeup on, but you wouldn't get dressed and you wouldn't bother kind of looking after yourself. You wouldn't have a shower. You wouldn't sort of do the things you do for comfort if you really hated yourself. If you really hated yourself, you'd be punching yourself in the face and maybe there is people like that and we pray for them. Um, but, but generally, people love themselves. We love ourselves. And what, what Jesus is, he's really making it real. The thing about Jesus is he doesn't fake it ever. He's never sort of faking it. It's never putting out there kind of nice statements that make us feel nice. You know, it's, it's nice statements that make us feel nice, but then, go, then we go, oh, love my neighbor as myself. It sounds so good, but then when you think about it, you're like, wow, I really love myself. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't treat people like I treat myself. Who's guilty? I'm guilty. I'm not, I'm not preaching as the one who's got it down and, you know, I'm working on this. I need the Holy Spirit in my world for this, right? Yeah? So, same here. So, like... So, so when Jesus says this, this is why, why we've got this in our vision statement. Because if our church is not sort of working on this as a, as a, as a, as a, and making it a concerted effort to love people, then we are missing the whole point, the whole point of the Bible. All of the law of the prophets and the whole entire body. Jesus is saying this whole entire scripture hangs off these two things. If you don't get these two things right, you're just wasting your old time. We might as well go and make this into a club and an association of, of people who like each other. You know, that's, that's, that we'll make it an association of like-minded individuals. I'll go and change the legal statement. You know, C3, association of like-minded individuals. Well, you call yourself church. Well, there's, there's this ideal that we have to hand up. Hand, sorry, excuse me. We have to hold up and that is to love people love people but there's a reason why i put no god in front of love people okay and i'm going to explain that because i believe that this whole love people statement is actually when you really think about it actually well it comes across as a pretty unrealistic ideal and i've had i've had conversations with people who don't yet know jesus who are still exploring him and they t they say yeah i know this whole jesus is all about love but here's the thing about love is you can't love everyone you know this world how can you love that person who is doing dot 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 and and, and how can i forgive that person who's done this and that this, this this sort of thing is not possible ryan i've had people tell me that and i've gone yeah i understand what you're saying it actually makes sense. You know, my question to you, is this love people statement, is this statement that Jesus makes, love your neighbor as yourself, is it a realistic ideal? Is it actually realistic? Can this actually happen? I mean, I, I, I'm going I'm to take it a little further. I'm going to show you another scripture. Um, it's in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. Okay says this, it's kind of a long one, so stay with me, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. <laughs> I'm done. I hate my enemies. <laughs> right? Love your enemies. What kind of rubbish is this? Go with me, Christians. Don't get offended yet. I'm just creating tension. Okay. 
Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them. The other also. Does anybody want to actually, like, you know, prove to me that they can do I just want to slap someone right now. <laughs> and then slap them on the other cheek. Does anybody want to do it? Like, no, I've got no, I've got no hands. I've got no hands. <laughs> like, I'll come and slap you, Ryan, you cheeky guy. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Wow, okay, this is getting crazy. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, go and take it back off them because they are dirty scoundrels. No, it doesn't say that. Do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who, who, who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from, what, from, whom, you are expect, from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemy. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Okay, we're going to sing a song. Go home. Happy? Came to church for your positive message. There it is. Who's feeling a little bit like pushed in a corner right now? Because I'm telling you something. When I read this scripture, I feel pushed in the corner. I'm like, dude, like what? I don't know. This is not, I don't know how this is going to happen, Lord. I really don't. I know this person called Ryan Waters sort of pretty well. I've been living with him for 40 years. And I'm not talking about myself in third person really much. I, don't, I do it sometimes. But, but I, I know myself, right? And I'm telling you something. When I read this, I get, I get, I get like a little bit convicted. Because I know there's stuff in there that I'm like, I mean, flip, someone takes my jacket. I'm not giving you my shirt. I like my shirt. And what am I going to do? Walk around topless all day, Rohan? <laughs> I mean, I can't do that, unless you want me to. No, I mean, no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, all right? So let, but here you have to understand, when Jesus is teaching this scripture, when he's teaching this, you have to understand something about this. Jesus did this a lot. It's called hyperbole, hyperbole. Everybody say hyperbole. I'm going to teach you a big word if you don't already know it. Hyperbole. Who knows what hyperbole is? Okay, is a hyperbolic statement. What he's doing is he is underlining an extreme to make a point. Okay, so we, you don't have to take this literally so much to say, okay, now I understand what it is to be a Christian. This is the new Ten Commandments of Love. That's well, actually seven commandments there if you look at it. It's seven commandments of love. Okay, first thing I have to do is someone slaps me on my cheek. Here's my other one. You want to slap me? <laughs> Ow, it really hurt, but it's love. It's what Christ told me to do. That's, that's not what Jesus is actually saying. What he's doing, is he, he, he is trying to, trying to prove to us the extent that we will take love. He's underlying the importance of love. Here's what's actually listed there. The first one is to love your enemies. The second one is to do good to those who hate you. The third one is to bless those who curse you. Number four is uh, to pray for those who mistreat you. Number five is don't retaliate. Okay? 
Number six is to give freely. Number seven is to treat others how you would like to be treated. Okay, so there's some principles that Jesus is actually teaching in order for, for his, um, you know, his discipling his disciples. But, but these are the principles. And he's teaching these principles through hyperbole. It was a, it was a way of teaching that they used back then. Okay. But I'm just going to take this a little step further because the thing is, is if you, when you go to the cross, okay, when you look at Jesus on the cross, and, in, in, and this, is, this is in the book of Luke, it's, it's, it's noted down. I, I think Luke did this on purpose. I, I feel like it. I mean, it's not, I, don't have, I don't have Luke's like, background notes on what he's going to put into the book of Luke. But, but you'll see that when Jesus is on the cross... In Luke 23, a little bit later on, you'll see that all of these things that Jesus said, that he taught, actually, he actually followed through on and did. Okay? So let's, let's just read this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this. I'm excited about this. Um, I'm, my nose is running, but I'm excited. It's all good. Luke 23. Uh, Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. Okay? When they came... To the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Remember that whole thing about if someone takes your coat, give them your shirt also? You know, Jesus was actually on the cross naked. He was down to his loincloth. They had, and he was, stand, he was standing, he was hanging there on the cross, looking at his clothes being divided up. And it was a, it was a you know, it was a proper, like Jesus was a bit of a dresser. He knew how to dress. He had this, he had this uh, you know, garment that was worth gambling for. You know, a lot of people think to be a follower of Jesus means you have to wear daggy clothes and all. Like, if that's what you want to do, you go for it. But it's not a requirement in the church of God. Like, you can wear whatever you want. You know, what? Shabby chic, yeah, shabby, shabby chic. Yeah, that's what you call it. Okay, there's another... You can say, I paid a lot of money to look this poor, you know. It's like, you paid a lot of money to look that poor, man. Like, there's a holes in your jeans and you're wearing flip-flops. I don't know what's going on with you. No, it's fashion, Okay. But here's Jesus on the cross. He's got enemy to the left. He's got enemies to the right. He's got people who are, who, are, who are calling out to him. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Love your enemies. So he's loving his enemies. He's doing good to those who hate him. He's blessing those who are cursing him. And he's praying for those who are mistreating him. And it goes on. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. You know, if you were on a cross and people were hurling things at you about your character and who you said you were, would you retaliate? Would you want to say something in your last breath and say, listen up, yo. I'm doing something up here for all of you. But Jesus does not retaliate. 
And he gave freely his life. The soldiers also came and mocked him. They offered him with you know, wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Still didn't retaliate. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults, insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us as well. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. (laughs) And we know if, if we've read this, I'm just going to talk about it for those who who are still learning the Bible or still exploring it. That Jesus, as he was fully man and fully God, in the moments before he was taken away to be executed, asked God three times. He said, God, please take this cup away from me. I don't if I if there's any other way, if I don't have to do this, it would be incredible. God, I, I I wish you would not let me have this treatment. I wish that this wasn't the kind of treatment that I have to go through with. And, and here he is on the cross going through that treatment. And this criminal recognizes and says, you know what? He's under the same sentence as us. We are being punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, he doesn't deserve this. This man, he doesn't deserve this. He is Jesus. You see what Jesus actually does with this man. He says, then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He saves this man's soul. And he does to this man. And he treats that man how he would actually like to be treated but he's not been treated like that he forgives him he lets him go and he says welcome i'm going to see you at the gates of heaven and you're coming in here's jesus he taught this he taught us to love our enemies and he lived it out he taught us to do good to those who hate us and he, he, he lived it out. He blessed those who cursed him. He prayed for those who mistreated him. He didn't retaliate. He gave freely. He treated others how he would have liked to have been treated. And Jesus did all of this from the cross. There's another scripture in John where it says, God is love. God is love. Meaning he literally is love. And we see this in operation in Jesus. Where you just go, I don't, it's not humanly possible for him to go through all of this, not retaliate, not to, not to do all of these sorts of things. He is, he was, he, he was love. But you know what happened with that criminal? Is his life changed? The moment he come to, come to know, the moment he came to know who 
Jesus actually was. Everything changed. That kind of grace, that kind of mercy changes you. It changed everything for that criminal. Here he is hanging on the cross. It's his final breath. It's his final moment. And there's another chance because of what God is. Because God is love. I want you to hear something. As the criminal received love, he became love. You can't receive that kind of love and not have it change you. And see, our vision statement, this is why we've got in our vision statement the first thing, know God. When we say know God, we say know Jesus. When we're saying know Jesus, we're saying know love. Because that's what Jesus was. He embodied it. When you read about him in the, in the, in the scriptures, you'll see he, he just embodied love. He was love. Everything about him was love. And, and, and it wasn't just this feeling. It wasn't just this nice guy just sort of floating on through life and, and everyone would point at him and say, look, that, that's, that's love. You know, I, I can see he's just incredible. He's this incredible person. That's not everything he was doing was an, was an example of his love for humans, for his, of his love for mankind. Everything he did. He stood up for the oppressed. I mean, when you see the way, the way he, he stood up for children... And, and widows and, and, and the oppressed of that time. You know, children were to be overlooked in that time. You didn't, you didn't look at them. They, they weren't important. They were just, you know, just stay over there, be quiet. But he stood up for those children. And he stood up for the widow. He stood up for the, for the oppressed because he was love. That's what love does. Now, now I, want, I want you to know something. I, we need to accept this. If we were to get this list of seven things that I said, to love your enemies and to, to do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you and don't retaliate and give freely and, and treat the others how they want to be treated, listen to me. You could have that list, you could memorize it, you could have it written on your toilet wall and on your bedroom wall and your bathroom mirror and in your cupboard and everywhere, on your review mirror of your car and on the back of your wife's head. It doesn't matter. You could write it everywhere. And uh, it, you, you, at some point, if you make a law of this, it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to fail. It's not why Jesus did all of this sort of stuff. Jesus said all of these sorts of things because he was trying to get a point across. And the point was this, that we need love. Just like that criminal needed love. What changed everything for that criminal was receiving Jesus was receiving God. When you receive the kind of love that you don't deserve, you're forever changed. And uh, the Bible, I, for lack of time, I haven't got time to go into this more, but the Bible talks about how, um, how we actually become reflectors of the glory of God. I've got a, uh, there's a band I really like called Arcade Fire. I love this band. And our, their second last album was called Reflector. And they, they had this great artwork that I just was like, I love this. Okay. And uh, why don't you put up that picture? Uh, <laughs> and it's like they, they had this film cleared of this guy in like a mirror suit. And the song's called Reflector. 
and the, don't worry about the lyrics of the song, I don't know, I don't know what they are, I was reading them, I'm like, they make no sense, but I like the artwork, <laughs> okay? And this is us. This is what we are to do. We just reflect the love that God has given to us. We become that. We become reflectors. That's it. Because if we make this about our efforts to love, we will fail. If you make it about your effort to love, you're going to fail. But if you make it about receiving love and reflecting the love that you've received, when such and such comes and takes your coat out of your cupboard and you want to retaliate, you remember the love that's been given to you and peace comes. It comes. This is how, there, there is no real mechanics to this. I mean, I, I, I normally, with my sermons, I try to come to an application time where there's some things that you can apply. This is all I can say. Is just remember the love that you've been given. Because the truth is, though we may not have hung on a cross as a convicted criminal for whatever that crime was committed by that fellow who was up there, we, each one of us, have sinned before God. We have let Him down. We have actually, if we were to get what we deserve, for the state of our hearts and the state of our will to constantly choose other than, the, than what God wants for us, if we were to get what we deserve for that, we're, we're as good as the guy on the cross. We're as good as that criminal. It will come to an end where we will stand and have to give an account for everything that we've done that is against the will of God. And we get a little scared about this. It's called sin. But sin isn't as, as, uh, as evil as we kind of make it out to be in terms of in a cartoony sort of sense. Let me explain what I mean. You know, in the church, sin is often talked about as, you know, do not sin. And we shouldn't sin. Uh, sin is the really bad stuff that you do in your life. You know, like if you're doing really bad stuff, like if you want to murder someone, you don't do it because that would be sin. Or, you know, you want to you go and yell at someone, then you don't do that because that would be sinful. Or you want to go and, you know, take drugs, and you shouldn't take drugs because that would be sinful. And we, we focus on all of these external things, all of the things that we do on the outside of us. You know, all the things that we do with our hands. And then we go, no, no, I don't do all of those sorts of things. But we don't examine our hearts, you know. <laughs> and that would be a mistake because when we don't examine our hearts, what, we, what we'll miss is all of those thoughts that exalt themselves above God. That we are, we're in our minds, our will, there's this will that we have that is constantly choosing everything else but God. I mean, how hard is it to control a hateful thought. When someone does something that warrants an offense, you know, how hard is it? <laughs> we, the moment one of those thoughts comes, the moment 
we do anything that is outside of God's will, whether it be with our hands, our minds, our bodies, whatever it is, we have put ourselves in line with that criminal. That's the truth. And yet, and yet, this Jesus died for us so that we wouldn't get what we deserve, so that we wouldn't come to an end separate from God, dead and away from the purposes of what God called us into. He didn't want that. He wants us to one day have a celebration in heaven. He's, he has the communion meal with his disciples and he says, you know, one day we're going to have this meal again. And you know, that meal is going to be not just the disciples, it's going to be all of us. A great banquet. When we come home and God's going to say, okay, we're having a meal. They're all home. Everyone's here. He wants everybody at that table. He wants you and I at that table, the table of relationship. And, and it can start right now as we begin to realize we didn't deserve it. We separated ourselves from God the moment we began to choose other than Him in our thinking, in our actions, our thoughts. We need Him just like that criminal needed Jesus. And you can't, when you begin to understand the kind of love that that is, you become a reflector. You become a reflector. You can put that picture up again. I just love it. You become a reflector. That's what you become. And you're still working on your junk. We're still working on our junk. We're still working on our stinky thoughts and our yucky things and the stuff that goes on in our minds and the offense. So we're still working on that and Jesus is still forgiving us and we're walking through in relationship with Him and He's teaching us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. But we, we are to reflect. And sometimes we get out of that function. We are like, I forget to reflect. We're like, I'm taking that suit off. I'm going to let the inside out and I'm just going to do what I want because I've had enough of such and such and they're going to get it, Right? He forgives us again. We put ourselves back on that criminal's cross. You know, and we go, God, I'm sorry. I've come to you. And it's right. I'm going to see you in heaven. I'm going to see you in heaven. I'm going to let you in. You, you can't not have that kind of love. It will change you. It changes everything. And everything we do here, all of my sermons, all of my stuff, everything we do, we as people, you know, we're going to have people come through these doors. And they may not be the kind of people that you would normally hang out with, you know. They may not be, they may not be your kind of person that you like. They may not be, you know... You may be threatened by them. They may be, they may be, their net worth may be like 10 times, 100 times what you could ever imagine. And, and you get these thoughts because you saw the car they drove in and you like always wanted that car and they've got it and you don't. Who knows what it is that, that will go on in this place as God brings in all sorts of different people. We have to be reflectors. We have to be reflectors. Those are the moments where we as a church, and this is why it's in our vision statement, 
We as a church remember, hold on a second. I just, I just needed God so much and yet He forgave me. He loved me. I'm going to love that person. How am I going to love them? I'm not just going to say, oh, hey, I love you. You know, I'm just going to serve. You know, I'm going to make sure that the door's open. There's a smiley face. You know, I'm going to make sure that everything's in place for you because I, I, I'm hoping that maybe you could receive the same love that I've received. That's all we preach about. That's all we want here. I think if we get this down and we do this well, we become really good reflectors of God's glory. This place is unstoppable. You can't stop because the thing is, is you can't stop love. You can't put love in jail. It's just going to come out somehow. You know, the person in jail will start loving the jailkeeper and the jailkeeper will start loving people. You know, you cannot, you cannot put love in prison. You can't stop love. You know, they might try to do anything to stop whatever's happening. But I'm telling you something. They've never been able to stop the love of Christ. It just spreads. It's like it spreads, it spreads, it spreads. The most powerful force. There is no force that reckons this. There's no force that would ever be able to even look up to love. You can't kill it. Because God is love. And we're just called to be reflectors. We're just called to be reflectors. Who's going to be a reflector? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.